0: I mean, some of it is is almost like a muffled piano and, a, and sort of a bass back there, but, but they're very true to the songs and they're very true to where he was at the time. It's not a piano sound that I would go looking for. and welcome back to the Sail On Podcast. This is Wyatt in Nashville, Tennessee. Wherever you're joining me from, I thank you for taking the time to get alone with me and the crew, yet again, for the wonderful journey through the lives and music of the Beach Boys. I hope you guys are doing very well. We've got a big show today, so let's get right into it. Today we're going to conclude the sessions for Wild Honey with Will and John, and we've got some great listener voicemails, But first, let's celebrate the news. The Beach Boys are on tour right now in the U.S. I will be in attendance this February 6th at the historic Ryman Auditorium here in Nashville. If any of you sailors are coming out, give me a shout or look for me before the show I may have gifts or maybe even a recording device who knows I'm not sure yet but I'll have a full review of the experience when all is said and done over on our Patreon page which is a great way to show your support for the show if you guys like bonus episodes and fun stuff every month there's a link in the show notes please check it out I want to give a shout out to our newest sailors, Brian King, Austin Foster, Billy Holly, Peter Rice, Thomas Heiberger, Anupa Maduela, Matthew Smith, Richard Moore, and Ryan Bushy. Thank you guys so much. You are the reason this show is advertisement free, and that's pretty sweet. I love all of you. We love you. Also, you can go see Al Jardine. He's doing some of his solo shows this spring. Before he heads out on tour with Brian Wilson and Chicago this summer. Lots of opportunities to see the boys this year. Also, your favorite fake Beach Boys are back with some shows this spring. And we will ramp into a hopefully busy summer season. Check out the Sail On Band and their tour dates are over at sailonsounds.com. Some sad news, unfortunately, we did lose the amazingly talented and lovely Ronnie Spector last month. Of course, she was the lead singer of the Ronettes, one of Brian's favorite singers and biggest inspirations. Our thoughts are with her family and loved ones.
1: I did Don't Worry Baby. I had to. No, I heard. I love it. You, You did. You recorded. You wrote... Uh, Don't Worry Baby, right after right. Be My Baby. Right. And they were so, that song was supposed to be for me, and Phil didn't write it, so he said, No way. I said, But but it's such a great fucking song. <laughs> Don't Worry Baby would have been the perfect follow up to Be My Baby. Instead, he did Baby I Love You with with Ellie and Jeff. Oh, my God. And I said, I've got to have the vibe. And so I waited 30 years to do Don't Worry Baby. Oh, my God. Everything <laughs> will so turn special. out all right. Your voice is
2: so special, I can't even believe <laughs> it. In my dressing room, you probably doing a
1: Watch it for so me. young. Oh, I love that Can't one. Can't marry oh, wow. No one, no one,
3: one. Oh, no. Ooh, ooh, yeah. I love
1: you, Brian. How do you like that, Brian? I'm the biggest thrill of my whole life.
0: Let's hear now from some of our wonderful listeners. Here is a voicemail from Mike.
2: Hey, this is uh, Mike from uh Beaches of Galveston, Texas. Sorry if you hear a uh, wave noise in the background. I just uh, discovered this podcast and I uh, <laughs> I really I'm really enjoying it and um wanna thank you guys for everything. I've been have been a Beach Quiz fan probably half my life now, since my sister bought a uh, the Sounds of Summer on uh, iTunes, and um, yeah. As I've uh, recently have uh, a vinyl, there, I've emptied my local record store all this Beach Boys records. I got to say, some of my most proud Beach Boys vinyl collections are uh, the things I own. I have the uh, original serpent Safari single I bought in in California, and just the other day on Saturday, I found the uh, She's Not a Little
3: Girl I Knew on
2: a set in this final and i was <laughs> super excited to find that i had a dig uh and i had to uh, my dig for that one but um thank you guys uh for for what you do i wanted to uh i wanted to ask i have a question i uh i always take look at recording sessions and for artists that i like and put together hypothetical albums and one that's really been you know Something that I thought about a lot is like a a Beach Boys 1974 album, if they ever put one out. And so I wanted to ask you guys, if the Beach Boys put out an album in 1974, just from, you know, what they had lying around, what do you think would be on it? Um, But thank you guys so much. I really love this podcast. And uh, thank you.
0: Hey, thank you, Mike. I appreciate you calling in. And wow, a 1974 Beach Boys album. That would be tough to put together. We do have some things, some Dennis Wilson recordings, but not much from the boys. Maybe um, an early version of Ding Dang, and uh, I think they started Good Timing, and uh, California Feeling, Child of Winter, I believe, and that's pretty much it. I need to look more into that, but we will cross that bridge when we come to it. Don't worry. Thank you so much again for listening and for calling in. Next up is a voicemail from my buddy, Kurt.
4: Wyatt. What's going on, friend? Just calling. This is your buddy, Kurt. And I want to say that I'm really loving this wild honey episode. I think it's so great that you're chatting it up with our buddy, Freddie as well. Awesome dude. Lots of great insight Just wanted to call saying I'm psyched that we're at this point in the Beach Boys history. Wild Honey for me is a personal fave. I always loved the early stuff, singing the falsetto in the car while my parents were driving to the end of Fun, Fun, Fun. So I had some of those early records obviously as a kid. But when I was younger, I also picked up this LP of Wild Honey. It was a used copy that was uh, bought up the street at a place called enterprise records in portland maine i was a young kid just getting into the beach boys and all that but wild honey was kind of weird because you know i had always thought of the beach boys being this kind of like surf pop rock band but on the back of wild honey they all had these weird mustaches and all this stuff i was like what is going on you know, cause I guess we always thought that the beast the, the, the blah 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 blah. Blah blah blah, blah.
2: <laughs> I, don't know. It, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Anyway, just to just erase this. I was able to get a hold of all these drugs and they messed me up. They uh, they messed the mind up so high right now.
0: Hey Kurt, um I think I lost you there in the, in the psycho circus, but thanks for calling in. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed the Wild Honey episodes. Maybe you can come on the show next, and we can have a more in-depth Wild Honey discussion. But you let me know, man. Hope you're doing well. Love you, boss. All right. If you guys want to give me a call, the number is in the show notes. Leave me a message, email, Twitter, all the things. Check it out. I'm going to turn it over now to our sessionographers, or Beach Boys wizards, as I call them, Will Carrera and John Brody, for the continuation of the Wild Honey recording sessions. Take it away, lads.
5: So I guess at this point now it's natural Beach Boys album. Late in Hawaii* is not going to come out, and Brian and Mike sit down and start writing some songs together. And then throughout like late October through to the start of November, they record the rest of this album like very quickly, like it takes like two weeks, and then they take a break and come back and spend like a couple more days doing some extra songs. Um, so there I'm guessing you know this is the point where like documentation gets like really sketchy and. There are some AFMs for stuff, but they probably don't cover when these songs were started. There might be like overdub sessions, and we'll just fill them for the sake of, paper- of paperwork because they're just recording to Brian's house. Like they're just in Brian's house, and there's no pressure to do things officially. Um, so, just na- dates that we actually know of. On October 25th, at Brian's house, they did some work on The Letter and Game of Love from the Late in Hawaii sessions. And these are like the two covers that they'd never done before from the hawaii sessions and i guess they just decided that they wanted to put these on wild honey because they weren't like old beach boys songs they were like new material and they could use them so they did some instrumental stuff on the letter and then i guess they did some vocals on game of love maybe and then after that the actual Wild honey sessions kind of begin
6: So I Was Made To Lover is the one, well one of two songs from this whole period that didn't start with Brian. Um, So this is of course a cover of the Stevie Wonder song, the big hit single. And I think Carl was kind of the one mainly producing this and it was his idea to cover the song.
5: Yeah, so this is one that um, Craig has heard the session tape for, Um, and the basic track for this was done like at Brian's house without Brian, like Brian wasn't in the room when they were doing this. And uh, Carl was playing rhythm guitar. Dennis was just like hitting a hi-hat really simple. Bruce was in the booth kind of producing almost, just helping out. And Al was there as well, but Bri- uh, Brian wasn't in the room when they did this for some reason. Um, so this is kind of like a Carl project with like Bruce helping out a bit and then Brian got involved much later on. Um, but yeah, they finally put down, I'd love to hear this because Al, uh, Al apparently tried playing bass in a few takes before giving up as Al tends to do but like I can't imagine Al pulling off that bass because it's I can't do it um,
6: yeah yeah or maybe he was just doing a watered down version
5: yeah just gone root nuts or whatever but and uh, on top of that Carl played like an extra guitar part like a main guitar thing Dennis whacked a snare drum there were a couple of tambourines but you guys are probably like Dennis and Carl together and um, I think the most interesting part of this is the piano because it's Brian's piano but it doesn't sound like Brian's playing it and on the track sheet it says double piano. And I was like, well what's that? And then we like listened to it together and both came to the conclusion that this is two people playing piano at the same time. Like at different sides of the piano. And it's like the top half is like doing like these arpeggios which sound like very unbrian, like and copying the bass line a yep. few times. And the, and the bottom half is like just someone like banging the chords really loosely, like just going boom, ba boom, ba-boom, like like really sort of rough. And uh, the idea that we came up with is like is this like Bruce and Dennis playing piano together? Because it sounds like that's what it is. Like Bruce on the high end doing a Bruce thing and then Dennis below like doing this really like, I don't even, like he's just going like boom, ba-bom, ba-bom on the chords, like at random rhythms and stuff like that. It doesn't sound like something Brian would play. Maybe it could have been Carl, but like, you know, Dennis was in the room and he was the one who learned the piano at this point. Um, yeah, and, and Bruce and Dennis had played piano together a lot because
6: Bruce would give him lessons and they would sit together. So... I don't. It's just a theory, but I feel like it's the most likely theory.
5: Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I really want it to be true because that's just a cool idea. If, it, if if it is that what it is, it doesn't sound like Brian's playing either side of this piano. Yeah. um, the, there's an organ on it, which I guess would probably be Bruce. Sounds like his style. And the bass part as well, um, Carol Kay claimed that she played the bass on this at one point, which uh, she didn't. Um, but they, you know. Um, Bruce was asked who played this, and, like, without missing a beat, Bruce said that it was Ron Brown, the touring guy, who also played on Darlin and Time to Get Alone. Really well played bass part. Um, then they had this track, and then they just, like, left it for a while. And I think Carl, like, showed it to Brian, and then Brian got excited about it and then decided he wanted to sort of help produce it. Um, they did the vocals on October twenty eighth, which is the date that we've got for it. But they started the track a while earlier, and it's like Brian, Al, Carl, and Mike just doing. Um, is it like? Is it? Is it? It's, it's it's almost like the horn part or something, or the guitar part in the original is like sort of turned into backing vocals here. I can't really remember how it went, but
6: yeah, I, I, I gotta go back and re listen.
5: Yeah, it's a cool kind of Beach Boys take on the instrumental arrangements sort of is translated into these backing vocals. Four of them singing, like it's not double track. It's very simple, again, the way they did the vocals in these songs, like they're not, they're not doing the big vocal production the way they used
1: to. My papa it.
5: Carl sang the lead, which is another really squeaky Carl lead, like maybe even more squeaky than the first one. Um, I love this voice um, on this one, like it's, it's like he it gets more intense as the song goes on. I really like his lead here, it's
6: clearly just Trying to copy Stevie Wonder as closely as possible, but.
3: Yeah. It's yeah. good,
6: it's good.
5: The bridge is a whole other thing. It's, um. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Hey, yeah, so, so the way they did the song. When they did the basic track, it's like, they just play... They didn't include the bridge, like, the entire song was, like, four bars over and over again, and that's it. Like, it's it's a really simple. And they didn't even bother with the bridge, so the entire, like, two-minute-long track is just the same four bars repeated. Um, so, the way they... Then, then I guess Brian had the idea to do, like, an acapella bridge. Um, so they try, like, this acapella version of the bridge section with a couple of different arrangements first, and Brian is fully, like, producing this part. Like, he's, like, the producer of that session, and... Um, it's pretty cool and they didn't use it and it's they tried like this strange edit where it comes up at the end of the song but obviously the, yes, like the intention of the start was to do it where the bridge happens in the original song i'm like gonna splice it in <laughs> oh, Brian. oh wow one
3: two
1: three four
3: ah. okay here we go One, two, three, four. Ah. <laughs> shit come on oh.
1: We can do it. There's no sense in it. Oh, we're counting Dude, it. Really What's the tempo? They play the tape. One, again. two, two three. one, two, three, four. We love through thick and thin. We love just one in. Cause I love my baby, love my baby. my little baby.
5: They tried going like art ah, first, and Brian's doing like the the hand claps, and then they changed it a bit to a different arrangement where like. They were going, we, you, I think Bruce does the bass vocal for some reason. Like they tried it with Mike yeah. doing a bass vocal and Brian doing a different one. And then just because of the way they swap stuff around, Bruce ended up doing the bass vocal with Mike and Dennis going like, ah, together. And then like Brian, Alan, Carl do like the we, you thing. And Brian snapping his fingers and um, Carl like overduped the lead vocal. It's really cool. That's like one of the, one of the like most briny vocal arrangement things from these sessions, like a real, real sort of classic Beach Boys, Acapella type thing
6: yeah wish wish there was more of that kind of stuff i mean obviously vocals are overdubbed so there's not going to be like
5: session clips but i'm I, I love hearing them work on vocals like all the time it's uh yeah and there's that strange mix where they try to cut it into the end of the song but it's just doesn't really make any sense yeah because it's, it's like already the, fading by then exactly yeah the, but, the, but it was definitely supposed to go in the middle of the song with where it should be you know because called it like a lead vocal on the track and then like italy vocal from the second half at the start so it's like kind of cut together like the same thing repeats twice with a of splice in the middle where the bridge was gonna be thing that i think we should bring up that nobody ever mentions ever like i've never seen anybody talk about it until i like went out of my way to find this thing and realized that it was a cool coincidence is there was another band from south africa that did a version of the song like a few months after this um with like little child ricky for singing the lead vocal um on the flames album um soul fire
1: I was born in Rock, a
5: and it's a really cool version of it like it's it sounds like he doesn't know the song and he gets half the lyrics wrong um and i don't know why bloody didn't sing the lead but i guess ricky's thing at the time was like he sounded like kind of like stevie wonder And that was the gimmick. They'd have like this like child behind the drums singing like Stevie Wonder. And that was like the thing. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Well, how old was Stevie Wonder when he did it? I
6: think he was like 17 or something.
5: Yeah. Well, there you go. But Ricky at the time was like, oh God, he must, would have been like 13 or something like that. Oh, geez. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like for, I think, no, actually, I think on the first album that they did together when Blondie joined the band, (sighs) Blondie was like 15 and Ricky was 14. And then by the time he did this, he, Ricky was 15 and Blondie was 16, but still crazy. Um, yep, I, can't, yep, wait for just the, I can't wait for 15. the Flames episode. That's going to be so fun. But yeah, but it's cool to have that comparison. Like nobody ever talks about this ever. Like within a few months of each other, you've got like little Carl and little Ricky doing cover in the Stevie Wonder at the same time. And it's just, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like years before they like knew of each other. <laughs>
6: Let's talk about cool cool water
5: let's not go crazy on it because the you could break it down a lot like all the tape bounces and things like that but hey it's cool cool water it's back (laughs) back from the dead and
6: uh (laughs) it'll go back into the grave very shortly after
5: (laughs) this this thing keeps coming back and back and just this is a long saga with this song
6: yes so i think the yeah last time they recorded this was what at western kind of right before the smiley smile period and so it's back, it's the same, similar arrangement, same same music, and then there's also the weird intro section, the water the water chant.
5: Yeah, so two sections, like, this is, um... I like we've, God, I'm looking at, like, the most detailed, like, infographic I've ever written on a song to break down how they recorded it and stuff. <laughs> and I don't want to go into all of it because it's complicated, but basically, there's this interesting thing on um, small Sessions where Brian sort of laid down a basic track for sort of a longer version of it with different sections and like the child bridge and things like that, from child's father to the man. And they tried overdubbing a little bit of it and then gave up and then Brian went back and just recorded like these two verses. And those two verses sat around for ages and then ended up being used on Sunflower. Um, So, yeah, so the main section of the song was Brian playing the piano with with the strings taped down again, so it sounds a lot like Aren't You Glad? Um... Carl played like a 12 string electric guitar and then Al played like the 6 string and he's doing like the sort of vibrato we wobble which is really cool really nice guitar sounds on this it's not like, this is another thing it's like Time to Get Alone that stands out a lot from the Wild Honey music it doesn't really fit with the vibe of anything else but it wouldn't have fit on Smile it wouldn't have fit on Smiley Smile it's got a different attitude well there's just like, yeah there's not a lot of lead
6: guitar on this album but yeah I really love those guitar sounds on this
5: yeah you'd think in like the r&b sort of thing you'd have more sort of like stabby guitars and like crunchy sort of things but there's a lot of like really clean mellow sounding guitars in wild honey it's they're really nice like they sort of playing the role of maybe what other instruments would have done in the past or maybe what vocals would have done in the past like mm-hmm. these nice sort of kind of melodies and little sort of f- flourishes um it's nice to have Al playing guitar when when's the last time Al played guitar too long <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good question it's nice, it's nice having him back <laughs> And they put like an organ on it this really nice organ thing like like with this sort of like ninth and then like he's got like the little roll and stuff it sounds really splashy and watery um this bass might have been carl it might have been ron brown again because he did a lot of stuff at the time and then they have all these finger snaps which were the three guy, go- um the three of like brian carl and al but mike was in it as well because you hear him talking before the take so mike was an instrumentalist in this song snapping his fingers <laughs> um sure <laughs> <laughs> And then they did this um, three-way vocal round thing with Brian, Carl and Al singing the different parts. And then Carl doubled his part. And then they did this odd thing where like they bounced it down to another tape and then Brian and Al doubled like this their separate lines, like individually. And like Al and Carl sing the drip 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 thing together. And it's like this cool vocal feedback effect on the vocals. And then Brian had Mike like up his like Mike's vocal separately. Um, and then like I'm just looking at this like going oh my god this this recording was so complicated I don't want to get it. <laughs> well they just like sat around for just,
6: so long, doing doing so many vocals.
5: Yeah they did it they did they like they did so many tape bounces it went over like six tape generations which they never did Jeez. like for another song. Just kept bouncing it down and doing reductions and stuff and it gets quite complicated I don't want to go into the way they did it like you can read about it in a few years when we do our thing. Um. <laughs> <Could> <laughs> backing vocals are really cool because they did like these wobbly things where they're like wobbling in their throats and doing these ooze and stuff. And then they overdubbed some like high vocals as well on top of it, like even more ooze And Brian's doing the surfs up Domino note. He's doing like high F, which is cool to hear because he never does that normally. Um, and yeah, this like this this cool sort of really watery big vocal stack of like these ooze And then I guess Carl did like the the dada thing maybe. And then they just left it for, like, four years. Well, three years, but.
3: Yep.
6: And I, I can see why they didn't use this. I mean I I love it. It's beautiful, but it's it's not like it doesn't fit into the whole Motown R and B, wild no, honey really vibe. it doesn't fit the rest of the album. Like uh, time to get alone, I think would even though it's so weird and different and huge. But th- this is is, I'm it it feels like smile
5: music, you know. Yeah, when you've got like Mama Said, and then you've got like Country Air, kind of has sort of a feeling to the. That would fit with this as well but it does feel like very left field from the other thing um, that they were doing at the time and there's also the chant as well the water chant that they also did in 67 this wasn't a smile left over this was a Wild Honey thing it was called like I think on the tape box it was maybe called like cool cool water ending and then there's another one that calls it cool cool water part 2 or something like that or fade for cool cool water so I think it was gonna go pretty much where I went in Sunflower like after the main section um, and this thing is not like any other piece of music that Brian ever did ever for anything. Like no, he puts so played weird. like two no- two notes on the organ. It's like 50 seconds of just holding down a B and an E on the organ and that's it. And then they did all these f- freaky like drone vocals. almost like Indian music almost but like I don't know, I don't know why you can I don't know what this is from. Like it's so d- left field it's and It's so like hard to describe.
6: You just done. have to like listen to it. What? We've talked about it before but i I still don't really know how to
5: describe it (laughs) no it's so unique it's like i I can't think of another piece of music like this like in existence other than this like it's like no comparison yeah and it's so left field from anything brian would ever do as well yeah the fact that it was for wild honey as well it's like what the hell like why (laughs) but it's great it's fantastic you know, Brian, Carl, and Al will do, like, the water, 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 water thing at the start together, and then there's, like, a sort of echo voice version of it where they do it sliding out of sync with itself, and it's... And then they're basically, like, improvising, kind of. Like, Brian gives everyone a starting note, and then they just, like, move between these different notes, and, and, like, they're kind of just improvising these harmonies, and it's very spooky and strange. Carl's on the top, Carl's in the middle. Brian's on the bottom, but he's still kind of high up. And then Mike's got that great chant where he's to go and go now 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 now. now, now. <laughs> it's like, it's so I don't even know how to describe this piece of music. It's bizarre. You <laughs> you just have to listen to it. But yeah,
6: it's yeah. Ju- it's just four of them, no Bruce or Dennis. Um, I love the way it ends too. Carl just like starts singing really loud and he starts wobbling his voice. The ending is the best part. It's it's just so calming, like. It, it kind of like fits in with the kind of um, outdoorsy kind of, I don't know. Wild Honey, a lot of the songs have a, a really nature feeling to them.
5: Yeah, like totally. the wind
6: blow, obviously. And there's a bunch of lyrics about, you know, country air and, and bees. And so it, it, it
5: fits in that way. Even On You Glad it gives me that feeling. It's like yeah. about two people walking around outside in like the autumn or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, gonna...
6: that that's why this is such a great, Walk album like you described Trying to Get
5: Alone is like that too yeah musically it's it's just so bizarre though it's not even in the same key as the other thing as well like when they did put it on some no. they had to mask it with it's, like the, it's like actually the it's, it's as, as far like away wave
6: crash yeah I don't know if this is intentional but it's as far away as possible from that key because um you know the main section is in B flat and then this is just an E chord with improvisations and that's that's a diminished fifth away that's as far away as you can get
5: yeah, it's not even a, it's not even a full chord, isn't it? It's like it's suspended. It's just like an E and a B together. Like is that, is that what it's playing? I think that's what it's playing.
6: Yeah, and and yeah. technically, a, a chord is is three or more notes together. So it's it's just like yeah. a, a drone. It's just exactly. It's just, um, and then of course you have all the voices filling in, in between. But, but yeah, I think I think it was intentional to make them as unrelated as possible, because I, I don't know how he would have put this together in an edit, which, which I'm really sad we don't have. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's intentional dissonance and it's, you know, it sounds freaky and it's meant to be freaky.
5: (laughs) It sounds watery. It sounds like liquid. It's, uh, it's the pictorial thing. It's back to smile. It's like music that just sounds like a thing. And
6: it's from smile too. Like, like the, the music part of it and, and the concept of, of water music.
5: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to say, but it found kind of a fitting place on Sunflower, but I don't really think the song itself I think belongs on Smile or Smiley Smile, like just in terms of like the way he was writing. Yeah, it just because
6: it's, it. it's 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 so strange. Yeah, it's it's hard yeah. to fit that in with with you know love songs.
5: Yeah, so then in 1970, you know, they put some more vocals on it, and they added the synthesizer, and did the whole other section. Um, we'll come back to that in a few years but it's not done yet <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll we'll get there we'll get there so we'll move on to another song that is much more wild honey which is, which is Here Comes the Night which was also recorded on October 26th hell yeah I really like this one
6: I, I like it too but I think I should like it more I guess I don't I, I just never like seek it out I think it's because the disco version just kind of <laughs> occupies that spot in my mind
5: Yeah this is one of my favorite songs in the album I put this song on all the time sometimes I'll just like start it from this song um, But yeah it's like sometimes I just remember that there isn't like an 11 minute disco version of this song and I'm like oh god <laughs> Yeah <laughs> I, like, I block it out of my mind.
6: <laughs> yeah, the less said, the better. There's
5: two guitars in this one, which it took me a while to notice. There's, um, I think it's just like Cool Cool Water again. There's like a 12 string, which I guess Carl would have played. And then there's a six string played by Al. They're sort of playing like in harmony together. And then they do the stabs. And then Brian on the piano, of course. Yeah, the piano really drives, like, the whole song on this one again. There's um, an organ in the chorus, just playing these, like, sort of low notes. There's a bass, which sounds like it would have had to be uh, Ron Brown again. He apparently played bass on quite a lot of this album, um, according to Bruce. Um, was overdubbed, and it's got this that sort of fast drum where it's like... Do, 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 do. Like, one, none of the Beach Boys would have played that, I don't think. Yeah. And then there's, like, this really... Oh. And this Yeah, and then there's, like, that really dead sound in snare drum, which probably would have been Brian O'Call, Like, I don't know. They wouldn't have brought Dennis in to do that. Like, it's no, because like,
6: he, he doesn't phew, phew, sing on this. Does he? It
5: barely sounds like a drum. It's all muted. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then um, they did some copies of it. Again, this is one where like play, they play like through a verse and then play through a chorus. And then they just made loads of copies of the tape. So it's just repeated and repeated and repeated. Um, very simple structures. Like, Brian wasn't doing bridges in all of these songs. It was just verse and chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Because... I don't know, I guess that was just the way he was headed. There's not a lot going on in the verse and then the chorus just gets weird, which is like kind of the opposite way around to the way you'd kind of expect. Um, yeah, yeah, that's The chorus is like very true. dark and sinister and has these chords that just like sound like they shouldn't fit. It's like going like up and down, there's a lot of tension in it, and yeah, right sort of when he says night back to, is, is, is the start of the chorus.
1: Here comes the night, oh, here comes the night. You can't believe you can't. Me, tell me I'm, you doing come all right. I'm you come hold me squeeze me don't you 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 me
3: tell me I'm, doing you
5: all right. I'm And then it's tonight. Brian ala Carl and Mike I'm singing the backing vocals again same as I was made to love her um, just as four not doubles again it's like that sort of simple thin back vocal type thing but a quite a really interesting arrangement this one it sounds like it would have been a nightmare to pull off. Um, and then the lead vocals are Brian. Um, which I think Brian said that like Carl was kind of the R&B guy, but he decided to give it a try for the song, and I'm glad he did because this is one of my favorite Brian vocals ever. Um, he sounds really yeah. good in this song. <laughs> yeah, really good. Um, he's got a weird voice, Brian. Like in the '60s when he sings this sort of song, yeah. but I, I love it a lot. Like especially in the chorus when he's like really digging into it. It's like it's like singing like right at the the top of his throat, kind of. It's hard to describe, but like it's really mm-hmm. forced and. It's, and then and then he gets up there for a, the ooh at the end. Yeah, the, the the big ooh as well at the end. Like the it's super shrill and I don't know. He's got an odd voice, Brian, on this song, but it just works really well for it. Um, and there's a tambourine, yeah. as well. Um, that I noticed something odd about is the tambourine is different in every verse because what they did is they made all these copies so they didn't have to repeat it and then they realized that they wanted a tambourine so they had to go and add a tambourine to all the different copies so the tambourine is like very slightly different on each verse nobody will ever notice that um, but I'm glad it's <laughs> I picked it up and wrote <laughs> it down yeah you um, freak <laughs> look it's fun I'm, what else am I gonna do <laughs>
6: true yeah okay moving on we have a thing or two this one is this one is fun strange
5: it's an odd song.
3: <laughs>
6: it's it's a really weird song. It's like, who, who would write something like this? But it, it's <laughs> got even, you know, Here Comes the Night has chord shifts, but this has rhythm shifts. Yeah. Like, you get these, these bouncy, shuffly verses, and then you get this very a very aggressive chorus <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah the chorus is like the chorus is just do it again like it's it's kind of yeah, got, yeah. got a getting hungry sort of feeling and it's got the do it again <laughs> rhythm This is one that was done more like more like a smile type thing, it's one of the few ones where they were done in sections, like they recorded a verse and then they recorded the chorus and then they edited it together because they just had to for the different rhythm. Um, it's got this, such an odd mood to it with like the, that lead guitar line is really cool and then you've got the strange drums just bashing on the cymbal. Um, the bass line is really cool but it's such a, good, a great bass line on this song. Um, I don't know who played it. It might've been Brian. Cause it sounds like it was, wasn't played with the pick, but then it might've had to, might've been Ron Brown as well. Cause it sounds like it might've been fingers instead of someone playing with a thumb. And it's, and, and it just it's, sounds like it's, too good to be Brian.
6: Yeah. It's very good. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if yeah. Brian would have pulled this off um, at this time.
5: Yeah. Yeah. After we heard him do sleep Jumpy like in Hawaii, it was shit. So we don't know who, we don't know who played on this one. Um, cause nobody's heard the tracking session yet, but we know that Carl and Al played the guitars cause it says on the track sheet and Carl, there's the count-in from the rhythm guitar side, so I think I Al's playing lead guitar on this maybe. I don't know, but it would be cool if he was. It sounds like that maybe be what happens. It's quite a simple line. And then the drums again sound like they might have even been Brian because there's no piano on the verse section. Um, there's an organ that was dropped from it, there's like an organ on one copy of the verse because they made lots of copies with the different verses, and there's one that has an organ overdub that they didn't use. Um, The chorus has a piano, so there's Brian playing piano, and then there's like, there's like four guitars in it. There's like a Carl guitar and an Al guitar according to the track sheet, and there's one track that has like two guitars doing this sort of like alternating stab things, and then someone playing a hi-hat at the same time as it, which I guess might have been Brian again, or maybe Dennis if he was in on this. What about the al vocal yeah the, oh yeah on the on the track sheet for the verses there's um there someone wrote an al vocal and they crossed it out so i guess Al sang the lead vocal and then it was erased by like by mike and carl but i want to hear the al version of this because al is like so absent and wildly yeah where is this guy i know i don't know what song i'd want with an al jardine lead vocal i don't think it would be this one but it would have been cool here i guess <laughs> yeah
6: i think um, uh, yeah brian just never really went for al's voice on these types of songs, at least,
5: yeah, he's just—he's like, I know all of the Beach Boys are like extremely white, but Al is like more white than the others. And if you try to do an R&B type <laughs> thing, it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why Dennis isn't on any of these things though. Some of, so many of these songs would be great for Dennis's voice, and he's like, no. Dennis was
6: just surfing for this whole album, I guess. Like, he's not in the backing vocals of this song either, and not in many no, of them. No, he's like he wasn't on the He's got like, he's on like, Hulu, water, he's got, like, he's on, like Wild
5: Honey and. He's on the the title track and then he's in like i think you know i just i'd love just wants to see you he's like doing the blah's with brian nicole and, yeah. and, and maybe on that might literally band. be it and like the entire album yeah, yeah. i think he's an already glad but like buried to the point but where we're not even we're not even like sure about that one yeah he plays drums on let the wind blow but i guess maybe like they did it in like like they did most of these songs in like three weeks And if Dennis is just, like, really into surfing for three weeks, he's not going to be on the album. So there you go. That's just the way it works, I guess. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking speaking of Dennis, according to Brian and, like, the Sunshine Tomorrow liner notes, Dennis wrote some of the lyrics on this song. Um, Mike did most of them, but apparently, according to Brian, Dennis came up with some lines for this, which is pretty cool. It's like, but he wasn't credited, which, um, if this was on the Friends album, I feel like, you know, there'd be, like, a Dennis credit on that, but... Um, at this point, I guess they just went into sharing and <laughs> Dennis didn't get, Dennis didn't get his chew.
6: <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. but I, 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 he's not in the song. He doesn't sing on it anywhere. So he, he, he probably yeah. just was there when Brian was at the piano, writing the tune with Mike, threw in yeah. some ideas and then went surfing.
5: <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's an odd moody song. This one, it's, it's kind of, um, kind of charged if you know what I mean like in a getting getting hungry sort of way it's not like a sort of happy romantic song it's very like no. like just a, it's very like aggressive. do it right <laughs> like, like Brian I think yeah. it's um, like the kooky monster voice when like do it right baby <laughs> like, it's like what the hell like it's just a weird weird song like how is that chorus um, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's um, super
6: <laughs> weird but I love the verses I love I love the sound of Mike and Carl trading off and then Bruce at the end when he sings I'm gonna tell that little girl a thing or two it sounds really yeah, good
5: a really good bruce bruce cameo um mike and carl both sound great mike's doing his nasal classic mike voice he's got like a mellow voice in a lot of this album but here he's just doing the sort of typical mike love thing and it's great for it it's this sort of nasal it's just right for the mood of the song and like carl has i think maybe his best vocal on the album for me like everyone talks about and everyone talks about wild honey but i think this one carl just sounds really good on this song um it's right where he sounds good when he's yelling stuff um oh yeah And there's that line as well. This kind of almost about like you've got to like I've got to live with my doctors just to keep me alive. Oh yeah,
6: Um, that's such a strange lyric. Why would you write that? I don't know. It's like like, why would you write that
5: unless you read read about the Beach Boys from the future? (laughs) Um,
6: It's it's so weird.
5: Yeah. Like not Um,
6: like not just because of like the Landy thing, but even if that wasn't the case, like what. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what kind of I lyric know. is that? It, it, that's probably one of the Dennis lines, I'm calling it.
5: It's That feels like a Dennis line, yeah. Um, I guess the backing vocals in this as well, Brian, Bruce, Carl, and Mike are the ones singing on this. It was done the same day as Darling, apparently. Um, October 27th is when they did the vocals. Um, so I guess that was just like, they were the four Beach Boys in the room, and then like Bruce sat out of Darling and then came in for this one, and Billy went and did something else. Um, the yeah, chorus is... And- The chorus vocals, you've got like Carl and Mike doing the the quote unquote leads. And then like um, Brian has this sort of response part with with Bruce doing a little harmony. And then Brian does like the the wordless thing. So just those are the only four guys in it. And a lot of copy and pasting. Again, it's just a first chorus, first chorus song. And then the end is just the chorus repeats, but without any vocals, which is kind of cool for the fade out. Um, Well, Brian
6: on the high part at the end like of the chorus that i that sounds so good i wish there was more of that on this album like i love the yeah. high voice stuff and there's just not enough <laughs> i feel like is w- one of the reasons why i don't come back to this album a lot because i think just a part of my brain is like oh beach boys high voices i'm gonna listen to you know, yeah head sounds yeah. or something i never go
5: for wild honey because of that but i, th- I think it's also this yeah so one of the it reasons i great. like wild honey so much is because you get to hear like a really different side of them like yeah now we're getting to can't wait too long which is a song that has a really complicated long history we're only going to talk about a little bit of it here yes okay so there's two versions to talk about so let's let's
6: start with the uh the one with the piano
1: one two one two three four
6: yeah so they recorded this with um pretty much just brian playing the piano but this was this was just a a guide for rhythm kind of like how they did it for smiley smile so this is what you hear at the start of the version on sunshine tomorrow and brian's playing the piano you can hear him singing the song off mic a little bit uh which is pretty cool and then carl and al are just in the background
5: (laughs) yeah you got a few lyrics and some of the melody
6: yeah carl's like Thumping on, whacking on something, something. <laughs> something. We, we
5: couldn't de- <laughs> we couldn't decide what it was. I've written down snare drum in brackets, muted or dampened with something, but we don't know if it's even a drum. Like Carl's just whacking something for like a, a beat. And then Al sounds yeah, like it, he's like it, tuning just, his guitar in the background. It's just a tr- like a guy track. Um,
6: yeah, Brian's talking about how much he hates the piano, and he, he's singing really <laughs> loud on the tape. Like this, this yeah. was gonna be muted in the mix.
5: Yeah, because um, the the track sheet for it, the tape, the, the on the tape box, it says what? work track piano, so that's how we knew it was gonna be unused. But um, I saw some things when Sunshine Tomorrow came out. I saw some people like, I saw like a couple of people saying, well, "Was Brian's like detuned piano like a mistake?" Because here he's like complaining about how much he hates the piano, and it's like, no, like use your ears. That's not the same piano. He's complaining about it because it's not that piano. He's like, this piano's terrible because it's not mine. Um, yeah, <laughs> th- like th- this is in piano. the in the Hyder studio. This is not. <laughs>
6: The piano that you hear on the rest of the album, he hates it because it, it's tuned normally.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so then they um, they opened some stuff, and we kind of actually know who played on quite a lot of this. Um, so on the track sheet, it really helpfully says car guitar and al guitar. I'm pretty sure again Al played Lee guitar on this one because you hear his voice like he says something after he messes up on the stabs. It's an unusual Lee guitar part. It's um well it's it's stolen some of the riff from wind chimes, that little sort of chromatic thing um in the chorus. It's not like just wind chimes. It's just it's taken that the bass riff and you know the chords aren't the same and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so you've got that lead guitar doing that twangy sort of western thing. It sounds like a like a Sergio Leone, um, Ineo Americani sort of like twangy guitar. It's quite interesting. And then Carl's doing that really sort of stabby, insistent, like very sort of Motown kind of rhythm thing. Um, The bass sounds really competent again on this, so I think it might have been another Ron Brown track. Like, I just can't picture it being Brian, but again, it's someone who's not using a pick. It sounds like someone who's playing them with their fingers. And there is a drum on this. I've written down, not drums, just snare drum, because that's the way it tends to go. And Brian played drums on this one. Um, We actually know that for sure on this, because he he drops the sticks and says something and then picks them back up and keeps going Um, on the tape. And they just kept it.
6: (laughs) This track also featured a bridge which you don't hear in the Sunshine Tomorrow version, but they included it on the 2020 Sessions release. But if you want to hear the whole thing as it was, you got to go to the bootlegs.
5: Yeah, they didn't, have written down the structure. Brian Fee played through on piano with the thumpy thing, did like the entire song, which in his head was verse, chorus, verse, chorus, the bridge, and then there's like a chorus to fade out. But then they just did overdubs on the first, like the first verse and the first chorus. And I guess Brian was just gonna not have the bridge in the song, then they were just gonna copy and paste it and then do different vocals on the verses but they didn't get that far, but they did get as far as doing vocals on the chorus, which are really cool, because it is Brian singing uh, the lead vocal, and it's one of like his best, sort of like shouty sort of like R&B type lead vocals, like maybe better than Here Comes the Night. He sounds really, really good on this one with great lyrics as well. Like I think Brian, like Brian wrote these by himself. I don't think Mike was a co-writer, like really, really good lyrics, like quite dark lyrics, very different to something Mike would write at the time.
1: Baby, you know that I can't wait for it. Woke in the night again And we weren't together In winters of darkness are. I've been while I can't feed Switching the shadow I've been, been waiting, waiting to, long to see Wait till you long. know that I I've been can't wait wait to forever. Ever. So waiting forever Switching the shadow I've been, been waiting, waiting to long to see baby it.
5: And it's sort of in line with sort of like the lonerism type thing of time to get alone where it's like time to get alone away from the people, a city full of people. There's like a theme running through this and another song. Um, this sort of moody, I don't know, it kind of gives you the picture that maybe Brian wasn't like in that much of a happy place at the time, but it's great lyrics. And then, yeah, they just, just recorded that chorus. The backing vocals as well are quite unusual because it's just, it's just two-part harmony, which um, I don't think they've done in a while. That sort of like... Been way too long can't wait too long etc thing yelling and Mar- uh, marilyn said that she sang on this and i was like wait a second and i listened to it and i mean i think this is what it is i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure it's marilyn and al singing the top part and then carl singing in the bottom harmony uh, like like two over one i don't know if that's right but it's what it sounds like every time i listen to it um it sounds right but, yeah marilyn said she sang on this and she also made this quite interesting comment about how like this song and time to get alone was supposed to sound different from Brian's other music at the time. And this does sound like in the, in the same way that a thing or two is like a really weird song. This is a weird song too. And it would have fit on wild honey, but it, it does have, it, it does have quite a dark mood to it. Musically it's, it's like
6: upbeat and Motown and it's got those fun little guitar steps, but yeah, the, the lyrics are, are really good. And they're, they're really different from the rest of the album. Like we were talking about yeah. the cohesion in terms of lyrics, on this album. This one definitely would have stood out had he finished it.
5: Yeah, and uh, it's, I just wish we could hear the verses because like, they never got as far as making copies of it so they could do like a... All they really needed, I think, because if Brian was going to give up the bridge, which you can hear him singing lyrics about like in something in the city or something. I don't know. I don't know what the line was, but you can hear some of the lines he had there. But all they needed to do, I think, was make copies of the chorus over and over again and then do different verse vocals. And it would have been like a Here Comes the Night thing, like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, then just fade out. Um, it's really sad that we didn't get that because we still we still don't really know what the melody is. Like you can hear Brian sort of doing some bits of it, but I need that's what I need you to do. I need you to go and like figure out what the melody is because I think <laughs> okay. you'd probably be able to decipher it. Um, yeah. So then there's another version from the Wild Honey Sessions. Like they abandoned that. This one wasn't on Sunshine Tomorrow, but it was on the 1968 box set, and it was also on the Tufa, the Good Vibrations box set too. Baby. So this is like another attempt at it without a piano, and I think there's there's another session for the song on November 1st, and I think that's probably when they did this version. And there are two sections, I think, that were probably done at about the same time, maybe. Uh, There's like another attempt at the verse and chorus, which is much more sort of minimalistic. There's no piano, Um, there's like two guitars quite similar to before, and then there's like this... Odd sounding bass, I don't know, there's an odd sound to it, and there's a percussion that sounds like, I don't know, like an empty two-liter plastic bottle whacked against a desk. That's all I can think of. Like, it's probably not that, but it doesn't sound like a drum. Um, and this one, again, they just got as far as doing chorus vocals, nothing on the verse, and there was, like, a longer chorus this time. There's, like, four rounds of it, and it goes on longer. Um, there's, an, instead of that twangy up-and-down guitar riff, it's just, like, some, like, muted, sort of, like, palm-muted shuffly chords. Um, and the, the vocals in this are different as well. It's Brian and Carl do the back end vocals, and then Brian sings the lead vocal. Um and it's like a very like sort of sparse, rougher sounding version of it. It doesn't have the sort of drive in like energy of the other one. It's like a this one does sound like a sort of garage band, like an unfinished sort of.
6: Yeah, like, go at it. yeah it's got like the, the wild honey vibe to it. Like the, the title track, the song
5: Wild Honey. It's very loose, yeah, yeah and very aggressive. Yeah, but it's it, but it's much more sparse. It's it's oh, not yeah. a odd sounding thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of odd. And then there's another section that I think might be just from the sound of it, it sounds like it's from the Wild Honey era. The tape box for it apparently says can't wait too long, part two. So it was clearly some kind of fade out. Um, and this is the thing with like the organ and like the delayed bass, and there's like some really fast drums and the tambourine, and it's it's just like the chorus slowed down like really heavily.
6: I love the the bass line here. It's like a really cool melody, and then with the with the clapping and
5: yeah, yeah, it's
6: just really neat. It would it would have been a neat little quick fade out for the song had Brian like gone along with it.
5: It's cool, yeah. I mean, assuming that Brian was like ditching ditching the bridge at this point, I guess like that other version of it would have been like verse chorus verse chorus, and then it would have just gone into this fade out, kind of the way it does on like the twofer, I think. And uh, yeah, I think. I think maybe Dennis was in, in on this one because the track sheet says there's like a Dennis idea or something like that on it. Um, but no other tracks. Oh, yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. I think I think the Wilsons um, were all played on this one. Maybe. Um, yeah, then for some reason maybe Brian didn't have verse lyrics written or something because they never recorded verse lyrics in either version. And then they just abandoned it and didn't put it on the album which is kind of sad because it's Cool. <laughs>
6: There is a lot more that that went into the song when they revived it about a year later. So we'll get there when we get there.
5: Yeah, it's kind of kind of confusing because on "Sunshine Tomorrow" they only included one of the Wild Honey versions, and then on the '68 compilation they mixed in things from both years, which kind of makes it a bit more confusing. But and another thing as well, I didn't realize in '67 it was "Can't Wait Too Long" and in '68 it was "Been Way Too Long," which right. um, doesn't really make a lot of sense because in the '60 Seven version <laughs> they sing been way too long in the chorus and in the sixty eight they sing can't wait too long, but apparently it's like consistent in all the tape boxes and like contracts and stuff. that yeah, it was can't wait too long in sixty seven. Then when then been way too long in sixty eight. There you go. I don't know. <laughs> all right, moving on. Honey, get home. Oh yeah, yeah. This is um, this is something that was known about for quite a while because it was on like this list of the original lineup of Wild Honey had this song listed and um, there's just nothing was really known about it and then in 2017 we finally got to hear it and it was just a track with no vocals but it's a really cool track like really cool track really great bass line This was planned to be the album closer on the list of the original lineup of the album this was at the end and it feels like almost like we were talking about wild honey almost having like a concept album feel into it like the opening track being called wild honey and the album being called wild honey and then like for the final track to be called honey get home um yeah this feels like very intentional from brian um i wish we could hear what the song was sounded like I haven't heard the session for this one, but we know that the basic track was apparently piano, guitar, and bass. So maybe like Brian, Carl, and Al, or Brian, Carl, and Bruce. And then they doubled the doubled the main guitar, which is quite interesting. Um, the bass sounds like it's Ron Brown's bass playing again, but I guess it could have been Carl overdubbed. But I don't know. And then um, the drums again could have been Dennis, could have been Brian, could have been Carl, could have been anyone because it's just a thwack. It's the same as a lot of these songs. We just don't have, we just don't have the answers. Yeah,
6: not mu- not much to say. Yeah, so moving on to Lonely Days.
5: Yeah, Lonely Days was on the same tape reel as Honey, Get Home, I think. The one that everyone's familiar with. It's mm-hmm. like Honey, Get Home and Lonely Days were um, on the same tape. So they were done like the same session at Brian's house, don't know when, but we've got session dates for the like, AFM contracts for like October 28th and October 31st, both for this song. So um a Wally Hyder's studio, yeah, probably, but we're not the show sure on the basic track of Brian's. Yeah, but we're not show sure on the basic track. Of Brian's house was done, but there are two versions of this, which is um, something that is really mentioned. Because on the tape that has "I Was Made to Love Her" and "Cool Cool Water" on it, there's um, like a snippet of a session for a different version of "Lonely Days" in the middle of it that was like mostly taped over. Like there was some outtakes, and then "Cool Cool Water" suddenly cuts in and like tapes over this thing and uh i guess they like tried to record it at a different time and just kind of gave up but that one's cool because it's got brian playing the organ um very differently to the final version bruce playing bass and carl is on the drums and brian is like really getting on carl's case about not playing it properly um (laughs) it makes you wonder what other things that the, the beach boys recorded that they then just taped over like without caring about it one two three four Um, so yeah, th- and then there's another version of lonely days, which is the one that was on Hawthorne and then was on sunshine tomorrow. Everyone knows. And the other thing as well is this song was like credited to unknown. Um, like they didn't put the writer on it. They just said unknown cause nobody could remember it. Brian said, I don't remember who that was. Bruce said, they don't remember. Um, Mike said the same thing, but this is obviously a Brian Wilson song. Like Brian is the mm-hmm. one who's producing these sessions. He's playing it. He's singing it off Mike while he's playing the piano. Um, so it's, it's a Brian song. <laughs> it's kind of obvious if you listen to any of the recordings of it. Yeah. So
6: this one's pretty cool because it's got Bruce doing a big chunk of the lead vocal, which he barely got at the time. I mean, we have a thing or two, but that's really just one line. Yeah. And the chorus is just Bruce doing both parts Bruce singing together. Bruce. I don't know if there would have been... Yeah, Bruce and Bruce. I don't know if there would have been more vocals here. But it's a nice little Carl and Bruce duet, this whole song.
5: track for this one was Brian on piano and Carl playing bass but then it seems like Carl's bass was replaced on the final take by someone else which I guess maybe Ron Brown again because it sounds just like Darwin. Um The drums again could have been Brian could have been Dennis or Carl, tambourine same thing and then there's an organ which is kind of cool which I don't know if it was Brian or Bruce. Um, and yeah it's just like they laid down some like unfinished vocals and then just abandoned it but the lyrics are pretty interesting they sound a lot like can't wait too long and time to get alone kind of depressing um <laughs> yeah so you could tell they're from brian and not mike exactly yeah it's about like being on a crowded highway full of people and still feeling alone because of it it's like just like it's like the cousin to time to get alone and can't wait too long mm-hmm. they, they really feel like they have a thread running through them um, yeah and those are all the songs that didn't make the album yeah yeah that's a, that's a kind of interesting pattern.
6: Um, or at least the ones that didn't really get Mike collaborations, and
5: uh, yeah, they, it's a. It's, I mean, this is a lot of people's favorite outtake, and it's a really cool song, and you just wish that they finished it.
6: Yeah, it, it could have given the album like, like all these songs. This time to get alone, can't wait too long. They all could have given the album a bit of a darker edge. Um, darker is in like just yeah more depressing i guess because you get songs like here comes the night which are dark but they're like upbeat and exciting versions of dark and this is just kind of like a, a slow sad little
5: lonely song yeah i mean i feel like wild Honey's only like only 11 songs and i feel like if you added like lonely days can't wait too long time to get alone to it it feels like that's 14 it would be like a normal album length and it feels like more of like a complete thought with those three on yeah um, but obviously sure. two of those are really unfinished you've just got like one of them is just a yeah. chorus, and then one of them is just like just a verse and a chorus. Um, it's yeah, it's sad that they didn't get very far with these. Um, oh, one one thing before we move on: "Lonely Days." Apparently, there's an alternate title on the tape box of "Lonely Lonely." So that's uh, that's a very sad sign of song. Um, <laughs> so,
6: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a nice title. I might prefer that. Yeah. I
5: don't know. Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> then we get to let the let the wind blow, which is. Um, Like one of the best songs on the album. Definitely. Mm -hmm. It's another waltz. It's waltz number two.
6: (laughs) Right. Yeah. So the basic track for this was just the Wilson brothers, Brian on piano, Carl on bass, Dennis on drums. And you can hear at the end of, of what was the master take Dennis asking, can we do one more? Um, but Brian just used the take they just did, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> um, and then there's there's a nice acoustic guitar that's playing some really cool, really airy riffs, throughout, played by Carl.
5: Yeah, that's that's kind of odd, isn't it? Um, yeah, you never like get like a lead acoustic guitar part in a Beach Boys song, especially like with this kind of thing. It feels like an odd choice. It's different from what we had on like Wild Honey, because Wild Honey
6: it was just doubling the bass line, right, the left hand of the piano. Mm. And here it's like its own thing. Yeah,
5: totally. The organ sounds very churchy on this one. It does. It sounds kind of like, kind of like with me tonight again, it's that sort of, he's using the church organ setting on the bold one, um, it's holding chords and then it's got like the, he's like, puts it on like a different stop and has like the really buzzy thing in, in the bridge, um, which is way up in the mono mix. It's almost like the lead instrument there going like ee, um, I love that. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a really simple track. There's not a lot going on in it. No. Yeah. It's Just, great. Like definitely all based around the piano. 'Cause it's I think this one's all about the vocals and the lead vocals especially.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Let the wind blow. Let the grass grow. But don't let her go.
6: Yeah, so this this is kind of a, a trade between Brian and Mike. Kind of. A- and then there yeah, are it's like
5: a trip between Brian and Mike and Carl, but whenever Bri- whenever Carl sings, it's with Brian pretty much. Yeah, because they um, have
6: some some lines together where they go like Don't take me out of her life. That's just them like kind of screaming yeah. together.
5: Yeah, it's this, this song is not like any other Beach Boys thing I can think of. There's a lot of trading and there's like some really elaborate sort of duet stuff. Mike has like the opening lines of mm-hmm. of the verses and then it goes in a Brian and Carl singing together and then you get in the bridge and stuff and the last verse Brian and Carl have these really like well thought out like just so good like two-part harmony things but then like trade off lines and back and forth and then have like a harmony and it's not like any other thing that Brian did that I can really think of but um, I think the vocals of the song are like amazing it's like some of the best singing on a Beach Boys song ever period.
1: Give him sunshine tomorrow But don't take her out of my life Don't take her out of my life What would I do without her? Tell me now Let the birds sing
6: Yeah, and it's just the three of them. It's just Brian, Carl, and Mike because then the, the two-part backing vocals are just Brian and Carl doing the ooze and then the weird breathing at the end.
5: Yeah, I love the breathing. It's that nature thing again. Yeah, the, the backing vocal is just, like, Brian, and, like, the, like it's not even a harmony. It's like, it's, like, Carl's, like, just doing the same thing, like, an octave under him. And then in the second verse, you get that cool response part where it sounds like Carl doubled, but it's actually just Carl and Brian singing together again, like, responding to Mike. Um, and then they have that, like, incredible bridge where they're both, like, yelling at the same time, and it's, like, four voices, like, two Wilsons doubled. And then, like, the last verse where they go back and forth and have the harmony thing, it's, Brian and, like, Carl and Mike would sound amazing on it as well. And it's the three people who sing lead all across this album are like all together in this song doing like their best things in their own ways and stuff. And it's just, I love it. And it it,
6: it goes to show that you don't need all the crazy harmonies that they can do to be good Hmm. if these are some of your favorite vocals. Because I mean, the the most the harmonies get are just Brian and Carl in two-part harmony. Yeah, Um, totally. You know, compare that to, you know, a song like Wouldn't It Be Nice, which is like six part, and then you have the lead vocal on top of that. And like, this is, it's again, it's not for lack of trying. It's just a, something new.
5: It's just a, it's just a really good song as well. Maybe the best lyrics on the album. I think it's, it's like God only knows, but like put in a different perspective, like what would you do without like hmm. this person or whatever? And, uh, just Brian kind of like begging, like, don't take her out of my life. And it's like, Oh, it's like, it really hits you. Like this one is one that apparently was about Marilyn. Like this, I think this one is like kind of either Marilyn or Brian has said that it was written about Marilyn. Um, yeah, it's it's, it a, goes, it's a really sweet song. Something as well that's uh, in the Byron Price, like nineteen seventies biography of the band. Um, I think Mike doesn't even remember that these days. But apparently, this song started with Mike coming up with sort of a prayer kind of thing. Like Mike was like yeah. the originator of the song, and then Brian kind of set put it to a different rhythm and changed it and stuff like that. But like. Yeah, I can kind of picture in my head what that would be like. I feel like that's not Brian... I, that, I feel like that's not Mike writing the song. It feels like, like that's, like, Mike going himself, like, let the wind blow, let the grass grow, let the dirt just by himself, like, coming up with the lines in this sort of, like, prairie-type, rhymey thing, and then Brian's sort of sit, sitting that down and turning it into a song with music. Right. Um, or, like, at least with pauses between the lines and things like that. Um, but it's kind of nice to know, like, Mike, when he was asked about it a couple of years ago, just said, like stock answer about how you inevitably sort of influence the melody when you come up with words but that's not what it was about i think mike sort of like had something before brian turned it into a song with this one
6: yeah for sure because it, it it the basic melody is super simple and it, it is prayer like just how repetitive it is yeah yeah and that's that's the whole thing with like transcendental meditation with like mantras and all that which the band would soon get into and then not stop talking about
5: yeah, yeah, Just before that, <laughs> great coincidence. Um, like, it's got the nature thing as well. It's got the, it's got the "Let the bees make honey" in in the um, in the bridge that line. And I think just because of the the um, the box set being called "Sunshine Tomorrow," it feels like it always hits it extra hard when that like they sing that line. It feels like sort of like the the moment. <laughs> yeah, it, it say, feels like when you hear the the, together. the title if of it is important. Movie. Exactly. Yeah, it's like hey, it's like the Leonardo DiCaprio point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's great. Really, really good lyrics with a great twist to it, and um, I'm glad that the set was. Thanks, Howie, for naming the set "Sunshine Tomorrow" because it's a it's a good name and it makes it makes the song better. Um. <laughs> Before we talk about the rest of the songs, because there are more to come we should probably take a stop and talk about the original lineup of Wild Honey because at this point we've got all the songs in the bag that were going to be on the original version of the album which was never right. assembled but there is this f- super fascinating like document with a, with basically a list of the Wild Honey album as it stood at one point this album was like never assembled it was never a physical thing but it was like a plan that was going to be drawn up
6: yeah so there's there's a big old list which was uh, altered later to reflect the real um but the the initial lineup of the album which is a, a cool little listen if you want to put a plays playlist together is gonna go wild honey here comes the night let the wind blow i was made to love her the letter darling a thing or two aren't you glad cool cool water game of love lonely days honey get home so a lot of songs there that didn't make the final cut there's the the two Laden hawaii tracks Cool Cool Water, Lonely Days, Honey Get Home. Uh, that's like half of this. <laughs> yeah, it's
5: like a. a <laughs> they really like order. scrapped like half of um, the album
6: that 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 they planned out and then just kept going with the songwriting and the recording.
5: Yeah. And um but they never obviously at Cool Cool Water I mean, mm, actually yeah. the four songs that they dropped, apart from the letter, um, were all like the letter was almost gonna be on the album at the last minute. They didn't drop that right away, but the four songs that last on here that they dropped are the four songs that are like Weren't finished. So I think this is a sequence. It looks like it's an album sequence with like a side divide and stuff. Um, but at the same time, it's also the last four songs on the list just like weren't finished and they're the ones that they dropped. So Cool Cool Water, obviously, I don't think it was considered complete at the time. Game of Love, the vocals might have been done, but the track feels like it's not there. Lonely Days didn't get very far with it. Honey You Get Home, they didn't get very far with it. Um, and then the other thing about this list is beneath it, it says produced by Brian Wilson. And then that's been crossed out and written, produced by the BB instead. Um, oh, and
6: it's it's been crossed out where all the other songs have been crossed out and replaced with the new ones.
5: Yeah, yeah. When they With the same hand that wrote in the new songs, also crossed out, produced by Brian Wilson and produced by the Beach Boys. Um, I know this was also going to be on Brother Records. For some reason, I don't know why, the final Wild Honey ended up being just on Capital. Um, but originally this was like Brother Records, like 9003. 9002, I think, would have been late in Hawaii, and this was um, the one afterwards. And then for some reason, it didn't end up being on Brother Records. They just kind of gave up on that and put it out under capital again. Um, but yeah, this, this led to some, I don't know, historical... I don't know. Some, I don't know, some maybe kind of i don't want to call bad historical analysis but it was just when there was less information available people kind of assumed that this was brian's version of the album then brian gave up and then carl like did the rest of the sessions or something but that's not the truth like to call this one produced by brian Wilson wouldn't quite be right anyway because i was made to love was on there and that was mainly carl's thing and then brian did most of the new stuff that was added after this so really it was kind of kind of a kind of a logical change to change it to produced by the beach boys but you could have just said, like, produced by Brian Wilson with Carl and with a little bit of Bruce, and it would have been, you know. But it's easier to just say produced by the Beach Boys. Yeah, well, there, um, there's a
6: song coming up that's on the new lineup, not on this one, that is entirely done without Brian, which is probably the main reason Yeah. for yeah. that change, because that change
5: was made along with the tracklist change. Yeah. So if um, we haven't been talking about the dates a lot, and that's just because I don't want to bring up a lot of them, because you can see them if you go to, like, Bellagio... 4056.com and Andrew Doe's site which has got the dates on there Um, you can have a look at them but a lot of it feels like a lot of Wild Honey was done like without documentation so I don't want to lean on those dates too heavily like these feel like the dates for vocal sessions and not just when they did everything Um, but Let the Wind Blow was done on November 3rd and then the next session that we know of was on November 13th so they took like a week and a bit off after giving up on this version of the album before going back and adding some new songs to it um, so we've got four more new songs to talk about after this. Actually, no, five, because there's another thing. Um, hmm. At some point in early, I guess in early November, they, Brian recorded another version of, that we've already talked about in the Smile episodes, he did another version of Surf's Up for some reason. Yeah, I mean, we, we went over this briefly in the the Surf's Up
6: episode, which I think was also the Childless Father of the Man episode, but um, yeah. Yeah. Brian, for some reason, with his detuned piano, which I guess we're not calling the Wild Honey Piano, um, yeah. <laughs> recorded a new version of Surf's Up, just instead of laying down any track and doing overdubs, it's, it's just a, a live solo performance. And it's in a new key, and there are also two new key changes, so that it actually ends up in the same key as the original version. So, yeah. I mean, the, the Wild Honey album, like, the concept is pretty solid, and it's so beyond what Brian and Van Dyke were doing for Smile that, the, in my opinion, there is no way Brian was <laughs> recording this to put on the Wild Honey album.
5: Yeah, this it's such a strange thing, isn't it? Like, we've been talking about Wild Honey for about, like, two and a half hours at this point, and it's just hit me, like, why Surf's up here? Like, why was he doing that song at <laughs> this time? Like, it comes yeah. completely out of left field. I mean, but... Um, at, at the same time they were they were still trying to
6: release smile at this point it they were still trying yeah, to say it yeah. was delayed not canceled
5: um, yeah so it's i don't know but it's it feels like almost i like mean brian it, was could, just doing it could for be that
3: yeah
6: it could be brian doing it for himself it could be brian hearing that smile wanted to be they wanted to put out a smile in some form and going oh hold up i can do surfs up better or it could be yeah you know I, I don't know. I just can't see it on the Wild Honey album. Even if that was Brian's intention,
5: which I don't think it was, it would be super jarring. It's like some th- real thought went into this. It was like for something. It was like for something, but we just don't know what that something was. It was more than just a recording for the hell of it. It's a really fascinating anomaly, and it's like some of Brian's most like vulnerable singing ever and stuff. He sounds really different on this to the way he did just a year before, just the way he's sing- approaching it. Mm-hmm. Um... And he's talking about like i don't think he's reading lyrics i think he's kind of like trying to remember them all which is a task for surf stuff um (laughs) but like yeah this is i mean we talked about in the smile episode but it's it's a fascinating odd bit of beach boys history where you kind of forget how odd it is that it exists until you start talking about it
6: yeah and it's not just brian remembering an old song it's he's he's rewritten it Like playing it in a different key isn't easy on a a piano. It's not like moving a capo on a guitar. It's you got to relearn the chord shapes. And then he's crafted these key changes to dramatically change the music. The whole second section, he's not playing like rhythmically like he he did at his own piano for, for inside pop. He's like holding the chords out in a suspenseful way. Yeah. Um, canvas the town and brush the backdrop is a new melody that he's written yeah. now which carl no. will use both versions in 71 and yeah i mean like work went into this so it was for something uh, maybe just for brian to to press to an acetate and listen to at home who knows or maybe I mean, you know maybe I know. <laughs> maybe it was
5: for some other project like some other like wild honeys out the way like let's do smile i don't know
6: yeah because i <laughs> mean they, they still were trying to do smile in late 67 it was, it was always in the back of their minds. Let's hear that. Anyway, that's Surf's Up. But then for the Wild Honey album, I guess Brian or the guys or both were not satisfied with the lineup. Some songs weren't getting finished, and a couple new, a couple new songs were written and recorded. So, first one of those is Country Air.
5: This is one that Craig Slewinski's heard the basic track for. Uh, it's a Brian and Mike song. Um, simple lyrics, like just like the same, no, no lyrics in the verses, even though there's a melody, and then like the same lyrics in each chorus with like a slightly different ending it's pretty cool I like it Um, Mike's talked about this one some spiritual meaning or something to it I don't know but it was it's a very (laughs) nice sort of song full of imagery Um,
6: yeah so the basic track was just Brian and Carl piano and bass like a lot of these and there's a guitar on this that was overdubbed by Carl very simple drums which could be Brian because I don't think Dennis sings on this but, and then there's a, a Chamberlain on this song, which is the only use of that instrument on this album.
5: Yeah, this, interesting. Um, this for anyone who doesn't know, the Chamberlain is, like, the American version of the Mellotron, which obviously the Beatles made famous by the Strawberry Fields flute intro, and the Moody Blues used it a lot and stuff like that, and it became quite a big thing. But the Beach Boys had, like, two of these, and they hardly ever used them ever. Like, like it's, like, comical that they had these, like, incredible, <laughs> expensive, rare instruments that everyone was cra- going crazy over, and Brian, like... Used them twice and was like, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> um. It was not a smoke synthesizer.
2: It was called what the heck you call that instrument? Anyway, it was an instrument that had program tapes on it. And you push one of the keys of the of the keyboard, and it'll like it'll go. I got like a, like a uh, you know what do they call that? A, a rooster?
5: Or you push the thing and you get like water drips, like drip drip drip. So we program water drips, trip drip 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 drip. Um, and then there's like a trumpet as well, I think it's the trumpet sound, it might be something else, but I compared some samples and I think it's the trumpet, just like doing these held notes in the chorus and it's really cool, um, but the way these things work is like they get out tapes and like tape samples and stuff and they play the physical tapes to get these different instruments and uh, if you hold a note down too long it starts to get to the end of the tape and it runs out so it starts like crackling and getting all messed up and stuff. Um, and you see a lot of people going like, what the hell is that? And that's, that's what it is. It's the sound of the tape physically, like getting to the end of it's real. Um, Cause Brian's holding down the key for too long. And it's, it's cool. I really like the sound of it. It's much more effective than he's got. Like, I, you know, it's like, it's, it's got a strange sort of ethereal, like, um, I don't know, kind of just odd magically kind of feeling. And I always think of the bees on, on the, on the, on the, and the title track when i think of this cuz it sounds like some insects attacking me. Um. <laughs> yeah,
6: that and um and just the random the random vocals. The verses here are completely lyricless and it's just Carl mm. humming the melody while everyone else just kind of makes up their own little scat parts or whistling and it it just sounds like like the sounds of outside, you know, just like random little Yeah, it's got the, random little birds reaching. and stuff.
5: It it feels sort of like Brian would have written this with like with with the melody to have some lyrics, and then he maybe maybe would have had a moment where like, hey, this is hip, it's happening, it's now. Let's not <laughs> sing words and just hum, and it's it works really well for the song. I can't imagine it being better if it had words it of, the, of the verses.
6: So yeah, the verse is Carl humming, and then the chorus is a big harmony with with all of them singing. No Dennis, though. And the, uh, I guess what you'd call them the lead vocals, because it's, it's just on its own track, is Brian. Um, and there's this beautiful part near the end where he sings Sleep, and he just, like, trails his voice all the way up, and it's just, like, oh, so
5: good. Oh, yeah, I listened to that the other day on the bus when I was trying to like refresh *Wild Honey to this and I got to that part and I listened to the Sunshine Tomorrow 2 one where he gets his voice by itself when he does mm-hmm. that. I was like, oh my god, he was like Superman at this point. Like, his voice, it's so, like his voice got kind of dodgy <laughs> so in a few years time. But like at this point, Brian was like, had like the most like strangest, just like most unique voice you've ever heard of like anybody. Um, the way he does that, he sings that part and he goes like really up high. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> what the hell? What, one of the best moments on the album
6: Moving on to the next song, I'd Love Just Once To See You. It's strange and it's kind of un-Brian because it sounds so normal. (laughs) Like it sounds like a lot of the other music at the times. It's all guitars and basses there's no like weird detuned pianos or or organs yeah
5: it sounds like it sounds like typical sort of 60s singer-songwriter acoustic thing like not not like dylan but like sort of folky type stuff
6: it was carl at at first carl and al but i think al dropped out by the final take right
5: yeah yeah i think so anyway that's what craig thinks yeah so so
6: carl just uh just playing his guitar and brian clicking some drumsticks together and kind of just singing (laughs) off mic as he does (laughs) on every basic track
5: It's an odd choice the sticks. The, the sticks really work, but it's, it feels kind of an odd choice for it. Um, but the way that the reason they did that is because the, the sort of arpeggio parts in like the B section, like when it gets all like happy and stuff, um, are kind of hard to play, I guess. So like they didn't want to have to do that live. So what Carl did is he just like strummed his guitar in like the in like the the first half, the first section or whatever, and then just like stops playing. And then apparently um, what it is is Brian just like, keeps hitting the stinks and singing throughout the whole section it's like yep. a guide like a click track like he's like he's taking the whole piano rhythm thing further and like doing like a literal click track just by hitting drumsticks for like for <laughs> tempo and then carl strums again and then um and then on, a, on an overdub they did like they filled out those sections with like the t- both carl and i playing ac- uh, acoustic guitars and like the arpeggio parts carl added like another acoustic guitar like doubling the rhythm and then doing even more arpeggio, arpeggio things and uh, there are two basses on this, which is kind of interesting. Like, this one bass was played with a pick and there's, like, the rhythm in the main sections um, and, like, some extra runs in the other parts. And then in the other sections, there's a different bass at the same time that sounds like it's played with the thumb. Um, like, just doing, like, single root notes or whatever. So it sounds like Carl and Brian, like, maybe both played bass on this, but there are two separate bass overdubs, which is kind of... I don't know. I find that kind of interesting.
6: Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And um Yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. The track is just g- acoustic guitars and uh bass and the, the stick.
5: Yeah, re- really simple. And then Brian sings the lead vocal without any backing vocals until the end. Uh, it's a great lead vocal from Brian. Like it's very talk singy. Um
6: Oh I love it.
1: I'm doing this and I'm doing that, and I'm a walk on the floor. I drink a little of this and eat a little that and poke my head out the door
6: Honestly, this is probably like my third favorite song on the album Just because one of my how, how fun and, and weird and different it is I, I think I'd probably say Aren't You Glad is my favorite Darling yeah, has to too. be number two And then it might be this one next Like I've I've gotten so into this song the past couple days Just preparing for this episode it's just so fun.
1: I make up a song as I'm a-working along. No one's watching me. I wish that you were here to help me drive. When's the last time you make me a pie? You had a way of making it come alive. It's not too late for you to take a drive
6: best part of the song is is the twist at the end oh the twist Yeah, just, <laughs> you don't the entire song exists
5: for the twist like, it, it feels like Brian it's came up a with joke. that idea and then decided to write a song about it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just have that joke in there
1: it's not too late I'd love just once to see you I'd love just once to see you
5: I'd love just once to see you in the news it's built up to in such an organic way as well. It's not like a cheap, it's not like a cheap twist. It feels done in like a really sincere way. No, yeah, you're like, right. It's a great musical turn to it. And like, it's done like, they sing it like really beautifully and stuff. And like, Brian, Alan Carl all sing that line together. It's not just Brian. And they have like the, the really gentle sort of like magical backing vocals going like do 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 afterwards. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what why right is this that moment. song? Like, what what is this? <laughs> like, it sounds, it's done so sincerely and so like straight that it makes it so much funnier. Um, it's not like it's tongue-in-cheek but in like a sort of it's not like you know that those types of beach boys like you know like the cassius love versus sonny wilson beach boys comedy where yeah. it's so trying, so hard this isn't like that this is like played so straight and it's, it's like genuinely funny um way anyway, that a lot of the That's jokes are. <laughs> when they just play it straight and um you got the oh yeah the, the co- cool contrast between sections as well That sort of like the the sort of like really insistent sort of like rhythm stuff with all the sevens and stuff and then like brian and with like the ba ba ba's and then it goes into like that sort of magical arpeggio thing it's it's a cool like it's a cool contrast the way it keeps switching between those two moods
6: yeah it makes it um, I, I wish Brian did some more sincere like single track just like intimate lead vocals like this like the way he sings yeah. it's, it's not too late and then the arpeggios come in that's just one of the most beautiful it's moments great. on the album
5: yeah it's, it's great i always think about that line i always think like that line is like a highlight of the album <laughs> just the
6: way he sings it's it. like yeah um, the way he sings it he sounds like he, he really means it like i don't i don't really know what it means <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's yeah it's so it's so sincere
5: yeah and um there's the the baba bars in the middle i think of the three wilson brothers i think dennis sounds like he's on this one i'm not 100% sure the way he does it because yeah, it's like I, a faint harmony and well, stuff and
6: I I came to that same exact conclusion.
5: Yeah, and then there's um, there's like a fade out as well. I'm glad they faded it where they did because Sunshine Tomorrow's got like the full ending. Um, like it goes into one another one of those ba 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 sections and like some tambourines and Mike is just like screaming in the background and it's oh, it's terrible. I'm <laughs> glad they didn't go with that. I'm glad they faded yeah, it where they I, did. Yeah, I, I love the way you like get magical the magical and stuff.
6: <laughs> yeah, you get the punchline and then it just like quickly fades to this happy yeah. music. Yeah, well, perfect. But what, good. I'm
5: glad they cut it short. <laughs>
6: what Brian initially had was like he had them all like improv and and just like yelling and uh, there's like this, these tambourines that come in and and then Brian just like screams at the end and it, it's also <laughs> funny but it's a lot less subtle and it's a lot less effective because of that, I think. Yeah, totally. But I'm glad we have that alternate version because it's mm.
5: it's strange. This is one as well that like everyone always talks about how the, the lyrics sound like so Brian on this one. Oh. And I think they do. But I also think some of the word, the, some of them sound like quite Mikey, like it flows like in a, in a in a Mikey sort of way. And Mike has a credit on this. He's got like a proper publishing share thing. Um, and the publishing suggests that both Brian and Mike wrote the lyrics, which is the way that a lot of these songs are. Like apart from Wild Honey, I think there's like the way the, the publishing split up. It's like Mike tends to write most of the lyrics, but Brian also writes lyrics in all these songs. It's not like just like Brian, Mike yeah. completely writing lyrics to Brian's music, apart from the title no, track no. where it's, I think Mike wrote all the lyrics to that one, but it tends to be the others. Like maybe Brian would have a chorus and some of the verse and then Mike would fill out the rest of it. Um, But uh, yeah, great, great song. And then we've got two more left. And the next one is
6: yeah. The, the two closers.
5: Good Lord, how she boogalooed it to me. (laughs) (laughs) As Mike introduces it in concert.
6: (laughs) Well, he, he, uh, let's get it right. He introduced it. Oh my goodness. How she boogalooed it to me. (laughs) But the original title is written is "Good Lord, how she boogalooed it."
5: Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking because on the original title, they've written it on like the the list of songs is like "Good Lord, how she boogalooed it," and they crossed out like "Good Lord." Um, <laughs> this one's this one's weird. This this is a song that I keep trying to get to the bottom to, but nobody's ever spoken about it ever, apart from Al calling and it bad, because um, it's credited to like Mike, Al, Carl, and Bruce. Like no Dennis and no Brian. And it's like, like where everyone the hell did this song Brian come and from? Dennis, yeah. who, who wrote what, which parts of this song? I don't know. But um, but there's some interesting thing. Like Bruce in some magazine or some interview had like, compiled like some list of his songs for the Beach Boys and he included this in, as part of them. I've always had the feeling that it sounds just like sort of like the early 60s Bruce like knockoff surf type song. Like it sounds like a Bruce song.
6: Yeah, but, but I don't but know. Pro- produced and arranged in a very different Context, Yeah. Very different Totally.
5: With, with lyrics that sound not like any other Beach Boys song. Like, you know, Mike Alcol and Bruce are all credited for lyrics in this. And it doesn't sound like a Mike lyric type thing. Like, a few lines of it maybe do, but they're all over the place. They sound completely different. And there's, like, a story to it. It's hard to hear what the hell Carl's singing most of the time because he's, like, <laughs> sounds like a South Park character. But, like, I, I finally figured out oh, what yeah, the lyrics I've, are. Oh, so seen- yeah. The lyric sites are all incorrect, they're all wrong, but I finally got down and worked out exactly what he's singing, and it makes sense. It's like kind of a cool story to the song about like noticing a party down the hallway and then going through it and dancing and all that sort of thing. And it's like an actual narrative, which feels unusual for a Beach Boy song. Yeah. Um, there's a lot weird. of wordplay and hip 60s talk and stuff in a way that there isn't in a lot of Mike's songs. It's like trying really hard to be hip. Um,
6: <laughs> it's, it's trying very hard, and <laughs> I don't think this song is aged well at all, no, it definitely to doesn't an
5: age as well as, as the other. Yeah, because
6: like all the other songs have something else going for it, like lyrically, like there's yeah. there's
5: some theme.
6: But this this really just feels stuck in like one very specific part of 1967 that it it's just like could not be from any other time.
5: Yeah, totally. And this this one thing as well where I think Brian um, made some quote about it once where he, he just said. I think his wording was like, Carl did how she googled it. We thought the lyrics were cool and interesting. And that's all we had to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, okay, the track of this one, again, we don't know who wrote it. We haven't got to the bottom of who wrote what parts of the song, but I, Steve mentioned that the melody is lifted almost completely out of the song Romeo and Juliet by I can't remember who by, but that's the song that Brian liked because he had the um, spring cover in the late 70s. But the melody is like almost completely out of that song, but just put like a different rhythm, like much faster. Okay, so the, the AFM contract for this for this song lists uh, Brian, Carl, Bruce, and Al. It was at Wally Hyder Studio Three on November 15. But now we've heard some of the basic track session, and the basic track was just Carl playing guitar and Al playing bass, with Brian like no no sign of Brian and no sign of Bruce. Um, we know bruce played the organ at the end but it seems like it was just like carl and al working on this track it's kind of interesting i don't know why brian was like if he was i don't know like in the alleyway sprinting and taking shots with oxygen or something like that like <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Yeah. it's so like really basic track of like Carl playing this um Using a Stratocaster. Thanks for the track sheet for telling us what guitar he's using because we, we don't get that very often. Like very sort of like early 60s kind of um, sound to the, the thing. Al's playing on this one. We haven't heard Al play bass properly in quite a while, and he does it good. And there's like another electric guitar added to this. There's an acoustic guitar. There's maracas, which you don't hear very often on Brian productions. That sounds like something he would not really do. It Sounds like a Carlton kind of touch. And then there's this really bad drum. Like I mean, I don't know. I don't know. How, I don't want to call it bad, but like it doesn't even sound like a drum. Like, the track seat says drums, but it sounds like hitting, like, um, a piece of paper or something like that. I don't know, like a stack of paper. (laughs) It's just like a kind of thing.
6: (laughs) This is not my favorite song on the
5: album. (laughs) Me neither. It's not bad. I enjoy it every time I listen to it, but it's definitely, like, a cut down below the rest, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have the feeling of the rest of the album. Yeah. When um, When they did it live, they did this sort of slow version with, like, a sort of, like, Motown kind of organ type thing going, and it sounds really cool. But this track doesn't sound anything like that. It's done really Yeah, they fast. only did it's it really live. Once. Literally, one show is the one yeah, they once. did it live and then they gave up. Um, but it's not a cool live. It was a good live track. It was better than the studio, though. Again, this is another one where they're using the copy-paste thing, like they did like a quite short track, and then they just repeat it twice. Like, casting's like a different vocal on each half of it, and then because it was like all the tracks were full, they mixed it down to mono, and then Bruce played that like the organ solo as it was going down, and uh, it was the same Farfisa like um, tour organ again. So it sounds consistent with the title track actually. So like, it got the same sort of sound to it. Um, that's a cool organ solo. The organ solo is like the most interesting musical part of it. And Carl's lead vocal is weird. I mean, it's like sped up a tiny bit, so it sounds weirder, but it's like a weird vocal. So A lot of people thought it was Al, but it's... Yeah, it's it's not. It's definitely just, Carl. It sounds like a South Park character. Got give a and now
1: she's <laughs> gonna be my Aren't we found our in here? Put another record up on the play. <laughs>
5: One last thing before we move on from Ashy Boogaloo. it uh, Noel Gallagher from Oasis, who hates the Beach Boys, called this one of the only good Beach Boys songs. I don't know how he's heard this song and oh, like, yeah, nah. ignore the ignore the rest. But hey, there you go. <laughs> um,
6: I forgot about that. Yeah. Why, like, <laughs> why does he? I don't like know. This
5: it's song? it's it's strange, isn't
6: it? <laughs> super strange.
5: Yeah. Anyway, we got one more song, which I think was probably recorded on the same day, maybe. Um, I think it had to have been because it was recorded like conscious. There's like an assembly of the album on November 15th, the same day as they recorded How She Boogled It with No Mama Says. And then they like changed the album to, and then suddenly this was part of it. So, and there's like Brian on the tape talking about it being like the last note of the album and stuff. It feels like they wanted one more thing on the album and then really quickly recorded this because like, the, they knew the arrangement and stuff and could whip it out because they'd already done like a million different attempts at this vegetables chorus thing um, and it's just like it's it's just an acapella workout and it's great it's just brian carl allen mike in that order on the harmonies just doing the vegetables chorus in as many different ways as they can think of on the spot <laughs>
3: eat a lot sleep
1: a lot brush em like crazy run a lot do a lot never be what's wrong with it, what's the matter well yeah. It just, it's almost
5: there. Almost you could think of it as like, this is what the mama in the Wild Honey title track is saying. Like, sure. <laughs> it's like, this is where she's like, you can't go out with that girl, you've got to brush your teeth and eat well. <laughs> <laughs>
6: sure, if we yeah. want to keep the concept album. Yeah, I, I got a bit of that perspective when I was listening to, to this um album in the car. I was like driving my sister a, a really long way and then this came on and about halfway through she was just like John what the hell are we listening to can I turn it off yeah. <laughs> which is the reaction I get to a lot of Beach Boys music to be honest
5: yeah yeah I mean I don't play it to people so there you go but
1: eat a lot sleep a lot brush them like crazy run a lot do a lot never be lazy, crazy
6: The things they decide to put out and the things they decide to not put out. It's like you have time to get alone and you don't use it and you record this.
5: It's so, yeah, it's so This could only have been come up with on the spot. Like, I love that they were thinking about it as the last thing on the album as well. Like, we've got the session tape. The final master take is gone. Like, with so we can't have it in stereo with, like, the double track ones just in mono. But, yeah, we've got the outtakes from it. Um, with all like the final takes edited out of it, and uh, it's cool. It's just like Bruce is kind of helping out from the booth, a bit like um, And Your Dream Comes True. Carl is higher than Al, which becomes a trend in the next few years where Al and Carl start like swapping in the vocal stack. If you really get into analyzing that, um, I don't know. Anyway, um, but yeah, they just—it's cool. Them just coming up with different rhythms on the spot and trying out different things, and it just shows you how like good they are at singing harmony. Like it's still, so like good. natural for them to just like come up with an idea and just pull it off like out of thin air. And some like the tightest harmony singing ever, I think, is which is great considering like it's just they made it up in the spot and a Um and I love like they're just joking around and it's got like such a good atmosphere. Like I can't dislike that this being on the album. Like I prefer it was on like Smiley Smell or something, but I can't hate it. Like obviously it's it's so fun. Like it's it's completely completely out of place, but it's No,
6: it's it's, like it's fun. It's just magic like a little like moment. Like the <laughs> things that it that could be there instead, you know. Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. the only reason. <laughs> why i have any sort of bad feelings toward it but no it's fun
5: it's it's nice yeah i always think of when i think of like the home studio era this wasn't even done at the home studio i think it was probably done on wally Hydes, but like i always associate that era with just like this thing with like how spontaneous and random and like the sort of homey vibe of it um and I get like I love at the end is when you are in the session as well and when they come up with the idea to end it with going boy and then they go poof. And they come up with ways to sing that and they do it is like different sections and stuff. It's like still like smile, they're doing different sections. I think I worked out that it's seven sections this thing's in. And when they're all like trying to get together and do like the perfect way to go poof. <laughs>
6: it's just ridiculous. Like they sing it first and then Brian's yeah. like, No, don't sing it. It's not a note, just it's, <laughs> it's just poofing out. It's
5: yeah, I love it. It's it's beautiful. <laughs> they're just the best band (laughs) it's it's true this is why we love them and that's how you end wild honey but with this oh the other thing about this as well right for some reason on the album this is credited to brian Wilson and mike love but we know that it was lyrics by van dyke parks well at least we should anyway but i um emailed van dyke parks to ask about this and be like hey did you write that couplet like, why aren't you credited on this? And he basically said, like, yeah, I tried to get them to fix that, but they didn't um, <laughs> in an email to me. So there you go. Van Dyke Parks did write the words on this, even though it's credited to Mike for some reason. Um, that's a really odd thing <laughs> that exists. Uh, so strange. Yeah, so odd. But hey, Van Dyke personally told me that he wrote Mama Says. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's something you primary, can say. Primary research. <laughs> um
6: all right, so that wraps up the album. And that's Wild Honey, and then yeah.
5: that's the album. They
6: took that list they had written up of the song order I described. They crossed out the songs, put numbers next to the songs because the order changed, and we ended up with uh, the
5: album we all know and love. Not the day afterwards, but the day after that, they went on, out on this tour and they were playing songs from it like already. Like They played on the first show of that tour, they played Wild Honey, Country Air, how she boogled it in Darlin', and then country air and uh how she boogled it were just like dropped from the set list like immediately yep, after like and one then they, day they just did the singles from then on out country Air and came then back in 1970.
6: So did aren't you glad it wasn't in the set yet but they 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 added it later yeah
5: they started doing it in 68 for some reason which is strange because aren't you glad as we keep saying is the as we keep saying aren't you glad is the best song from wild honey it's the most commercial song it's the best live song <laughs> but yeah these live versions are really cool You've got Daryl Dragon on the keyboards. You can't really do it without horns, though. That's that's the thing. Yeah, it needs horns. It needs horns to work properly. But yeah, these live versions, I love that they included these things on Sunshine Tomorrow. Then we got to hear them properly, like on the um on the live live sunshine thing where we get all the mono recordings from that tour. Um they're really good shows for the first time. Like they're starting to actually sound like a, like a, like a pretty good live band, because now they've got Ron Brown playing on um, bass mm-hmm. and Daryl Dragon's on the keyboards and uh, Bruce is kind of free to play piano sometimes and stuff and they've you know they can concentrate on singing a little bit better the band just sounds tighter they've got two guitars again um it's pretty good especially the Wild Honey songs I'm like they did that California Girls thing that we talked about in depth last time uh, where like they try, tried out the different endings in front of like a live audience and then we're like no sorry Brian um <laughs> um yeah it's just really cool to hear them doing these songs live so soon and Mike doing the woo-woo machine on wild honey carl sounds better on live wild honey and and uh and how she boogalooed it than he does in the studio i think he takes his time with it and he's kind of straining less uh boogaloo just like a slow kind of like jammy sort of thing it's not like hyped up the way it is in the studio um country air kind of sounds a bit flat like it's doesn't really uh, Country country sounds kind of weak when they do it here but the rest of the songs are pretty cool and it's just like, the, they were just so fast the way they, this band changed, like literally like a month before this they were going to put out a fake Hawaii live album and now they're going on tour with like a whole album of new stuff to play in a completely different style from anything they'd ever done before. said what we think about the album on the way here as well we've got like a lot of album albumy thoughts but it's one of my favorite albums like of all time by anybody it's got such a unique feeling like nothing else exists like wild honey like it's completely its own thing it's not just like an r&b album it's got like the folky you, you know it's got the folky comedy song and then it's got like the whatever the hell country air is it's a thing or two is just strange uh, yeah, and it's you can't even
6: call it just a regular R and B album because this isn't what actual R and B sounds like. This is again R and B through through the the strange mind of Brian Wilson.
5: And you can the, the, the great thing about having all these outtakes now is you can kind of mix and match, and you can make your ideal version of Wild Honey, which for me would have like, you know, like Lonely Days and Can't Wait too long and Time to Get Alone in it, and Time to Get Alone is would have to be like at the end, you go like you go like let, let let the wind blow into lonely days and a time you get alone and that's like the the ending sequence <laughs> as mm. it should be in my in my head um <laughs> but yeah that's the way the beach boys music keeps evolving these days is you can take that and you don't have to listen to it just the way that it was and you can open up open it up in new ways and that's why sunshine tomorrow i think was such like an important release like it was opened up this album in a way that you never would have had before
6: yeah it's 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 beautiful it's strange and beautiful and that's what you can say about so much beach boys music but it means something different on every album and it means something really different here because everything is just so new and it's not not even like a, this is the new beach boys sound and it, it never was for brian this it was like this is what we're doing right now
3: yeah,
5: it was just one one thing for one album. It's like literally 2 months of their life. Yeah, and that that's how
6: I feel about All Beach Boys music. A lot of people talk about transitional periods and and then like there's like the big ones, but I don't really see it that way. Like, hmm, the band was always transitioning into into something different.
5: Totally, yeah. And This and Friends as well. It feels like it feels like this I love this era of the home studio and stuff, but it feels like Wild honey and Friends kind of capture this unique point in time, but while I like, keep coming back to them where like Brian was still sort of You know, like, Brian was still kind of at the height of, like, what he was doing. Brian was still feeling pretty good about making music and still, like, in the driver's seat, but the other members of the band were starting to contribute a bit more. It becomes different. It's, like, the sort of, like, perfect, sort of, like, happy ideal way of Beach Boys existing for me. Um, But when 2020 hits and Brian's starting to sort of have to, like, take a backseat because, obviously, his mental health problems were really starting to get to him and he sort of the others sort of had to step out of necessity for Brian not being there. It's like while well, Honey and friends get this nice moment in time where the others are stepping up because Brian's inviting them into the process more and they want to contribute more. It's not just because they have to. Um, Brian's still yeah. with them, like on Brian's like still with Carl and I was made to love her, and Brian's still like like playing the organ on Be Still and stuff and things like that. It's like this. It's like they feel like a real unit, like they feel close together. And um, yeah, I mean and that, and that's a misconception as well, because. No
6: one had to step up at this point in time i mean how she boogaloot is on this album and it's not because they ran out of songs from brian because think about all those songs that they had could have done honey get home could have done hide go seek cool, cool water lonely days it's just because the other guys you know they are they have their ideas too and they want to contribute yeah,
5: exactly and the whole thing about I-, I was made to lover i think marilyn said that like calls thing that was Carl's thing, but like Carl just kind of did this track and Brian was like, and of flipped out about it and he was like, hey, that's great. Let's put it on the album sort of thing and like got into doing like the Sacapella bridge and stuff like that and Danny Hutton said like the vibe of the whole thing was like great and stuff and Carl was, Brian was like flipping out about like Carl singing on on, on this thing and it's just, it's got a good feel and everyone seems to have good memories about Wild Honey, like Bruce, like loves it, Brian and Carl, there's that great story in the 90s of them when they were having all their problems, like they just kind of forgot about it, like for one day and just went in a hotel room, we just like playing and singing like here comes the night and aren't you glad and stuff and like just playing Wild Honey songs together. Like obviously all of them have like really good memories of, of doing this thing. It's just like a moment where they all were just like really happy making music together. and It's, it's just nice. It's like, I wish it went on longer. I know
3: we've got more it's really of it.
6: Nice. <laughs> this is music for Brian to cool out by in the most literal sense of like he enjoyed it that's what cooling out is it's just like having a good time
5: yep and we've got Carl being a good music maker at the same time and Mike Mm -hmm. writing some of the best like collaborations that he'd ever did with Brian and Bruce is there doing what Bruce does best which is playing like an occasional organ solo and and just (laughs) doing his part and uh and then and then Al is kind of hanging in the back playing guitar when he needs to but mostly just wanting not to and Dennis is I don't know I want more Dennis on Wild Honey that's me only complaint I want like more oh. Alan more Dennis
6: <laughs> yeah that's that's kind of a bummer because everyone was in their vocal prime here and of course we get so much Brian Carl and, and Mike on this album and all three of them are freaking fantastic but man I wish there was more Dennis but we'll know. we'll, we'll, get, we'll more get more Dennis fun. Dennis,
5: is, Dennis is really like right around the corner of coming into his own like so oh, we're yeah. gonna get a lot of him in a good way and uh, I think we're, we're going to talk about yeah. Tunnel in a way at the end of this but I don't think we should because it's like it's not Wild Honey and I feel like it's more no, connected no, 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 to the stuff in yeah. 68 let's, even though it's it the end of 67 let's, yeah let's um, save that let's save it and let's say Dennis is right around the corner of becoming like a really like the most like besides Brian the most interesting thing about the Beach Boys um, for sure for sure I yeah. totally agree with that I like the Beach Boys they're good <laughs> <laughs> they're so good and they're so fun to talk about and
6: there's so much yeah. to talk about like this is just a couple weeks of their music
5: yeah if you let me go on and the, like got into all the tracks like in even more detail and stuff and the whole redwood situation <laughs> i could happily talk about this album for like another like two hours but i'm not gonna do <laughs> that's that that's why that's why we gotta, gotta write about, about it you have to cut it in put it put it to yeah. good use <laughs> exactly exactly which will be coming at some point in the future somewhere so thanks for Wyatt for making us do this or letting us do this I'm not sure which one it is but it was fun hey um, and doing hope, all the uh, editing
6: that's that's a lot of work
5: yeah that's gonna be a nightmare um I hope you leave most of it in because I think I think it's good I think we're <laughs> I think we're fun and uh thanks we're wow. yeah Craig Swinski and Jocelyn Hosington for being our researchy pals um and for giving us some info for this stuff um and Steve for pointing out some things about the songs and thanks to us too for being great <laughs> and thanks
6: to you guys for listening
5: hope you enjoyed <laughs> back for friends and some point
6: <laughs> all right see you guys
3: bye Poof. <laughs>
0: Stellar work, as always, from the crew. Thank you, Will, and thank you, John, for all the amazing research and dedication to this fandom. I am truly so grateful to have you guys on board. Next time, I will be wrapping up with my full review of the album, featuring a special guest. Stay tuned. Huge thanks to Will C, who does our amazing music, to Matt Thompson for the graphic design, Funding by our wonderful patrons. Thank you to all of you guys for spending part of your day with me. And I will see you real soon. Until then, this is Wyatt saying, hang on to your ego. Tell someone you love them. And sail on, sailors.
1: He's finding a job to